was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm feeling springy today because Groundhog's Day is just two days away. You are one of the lucky few because most everyone else in the nation right now very is feeling very, very freezy. I just, yes, on my way here, I, I, they're, they're at uh, minus 60 in Chicago. Well, you know, if they didn't have such cold hearts there, they wouldn't be so cold in the air. <laughs> oh, wow. Or, or, um, or maybe not. Maybe yeah, not. Let's, let's, let's move right on past that <laughs> real, really quickly. So, Jeff. Yes. Much of our health is dependent on our GI tract. That's true. You know that, right? That's true. Yes. Our gastrointestinal system. Uh, oh, no, frank- I thought you talked about the government issue track. No, no. Oh, okay. Gastrointestinal okay. is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and frankly, what we put into that. That's true. That has a, a oh, big yeah. factor on how we are as far as health and wellness is concerned. And we've done a few shows recently on the importance of a healthy gut. Yes, that's true. And today I want to expand just a little bit more on that concept with an article that I found online at Reader's Digest. It was written by Charlotte Anderson, and it's called The Best Foods for Your Gut. Wow. Gut is such a... It's such a harsh word, isn't it? Well, when I think of gut, I think of what I have, not what you have. <laughs> well, we've all got it. But what we're talking about is your intestines and that right, whole digestive system and the way you know food and nutrients are absorbed and all that kind of stuff. That's what we're talking well, about. Yeah, right? Right. When I think of gut, I always think of getting punched in the stomach. And I just it's an unpleasant <laughs> thought. But, yeah. but we're talking about the stuff that just moves those... Uh, you know, the nutrients and everything throughout your body. That's what we're talking they about. They used to so, fuel to the cells. Yes. So one of the most astonishing recent health discoveries that they've that they've kind of really stumbled upon and found, and that's why we've talked about it on our show, is how important our gut microbiome is to our overall health. And when it comes to growing good gut bacteria, you have plenty of delicious probiotic foods to choose from, Jeff. Yes. So here we go. Okay, I'm ready. You ready for the first one? I am. It's cold potatoes. Now, I like cold potatoes, actually. You like them cold? I, yes, I do. I mean, after they've been cooked and cooled off, I, I like them cold. So that's good. I don't know why cold is important, but um, they say that cold potatoes, potatoes that have been washed, cooked, and cooled, are one of the best sources of resistant starch. Do you know oh. what that is? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't either. So let me tell you, resistant starch is a prebiotic. It's a type of indigestible carbohydrate that acts like food for the gut bacteria. Oh. So that helps that that gut bacteria to grow and to flourish. And while resistant starch has many health benefits, one of its most promising aspects is its ability to increase insulin sensitivity. Oh, wow. Which uh, helps people reduce diabetes risk and even lose weight there you so, go you know potatoes kind of get a bad rap when you start talking about health and wellness but mm. there's some good things so cold french fries are actually good for you well i'm not gonna go to cold okay. french fries <laughs> i'm just saying cold potatoes apparently okay. are good for you here's the next one All kefir right. you know what that is i don't okay you, you will as soon as i describe it you M- michelle ha- drinks kefir oh that's the green the green gook well it's not the green gook but okay. kefir is kind of like yogurt's tangier but more powerful cousin Okay. So it's a drink. It's made by seeding milk with what they call kefir grains, which are actually tiny bundles of yeast and bacteria. And then you let it sit for a while. And over time, the grains ferment the milk, 
which produces a tart drink full of healthy bacteria for your gut. Yeah, that doesn't sound so good. (laughs) (laughs) They say, though, it's one of the best probiotic foods that you can eat. And in 2013, they did a study that found that kefir can help relieve gastrointestinal problems and allergies and may even have positive effects on your heart. So it's something to consider. One caveat, however, is that many commercial kefir drinks contain very high amounts of added sugar, which feeds the bad bacteria in your gut. So you want to make sure that you read the labels and the ingredient list. So there's a little bit of give and take there on yeah, kefir. There some, some some good stuff for your bacteria, some bad stuff for your bacteria. Mm-hmm. Something to consider as well, though. The next one is green bananas. No, I don't like my bananas green. I like them a little bit yellow. Yeah. I'm, yellow to brown. I'm, oh, you like the brown. So I, most people go out of their way to avoid the green bananas. They want to mm-hmm. wait until they're a little bit riper. I am one of those people. I don't like green bananas. They're too but crunchy. I'm, Different, yeah, they are a little bit too crunchy. I'm different than you in that I don't really like the overripe bananas either. It's hard for me to get an overripe well, banana. If you get past the, the look and the texture, the flavor—that's why banana bread tastes so good. The flavor is, yeah. is just—it's at its peak. Anyway, and, that's my. And opinion. I believe you, but it's hard to get past the look and the texture. <laughs> I, well, I believe you, <laughs> <laughs> but there is some good news for people who just can't wait until their bananas are fully ripe. Green bananas are a rich source of prebiotics, particularly resistant starch, which we just talked about with the cold mm-hmm. potatoes. They also have a healthy dose of both soluble and insoluble fiber. They've got lots of vitamins and lots of minerals. That combination provides a feast for the good gut bacteria and helps protect your heart as well as your bones. If you can't get past the taste, yeah, then there are some options. You can boil them. You can fry them. Uh, fried so green bananas. There, There is a, a way that you can get uh, green banana flour. I haven't seen that in my local grocery no, store, but apparently either. it's available and you can replace that. Um, in, in in place of your regular flour. So there's oh. an option there. Have you ever heard of kimchi? I have. Do you know what it is? Can it's the stinky it? stuff that they make in Korea that they okay. ferment in the ground. So you do know what kimchi <laughs> yes, is. Yes, I do. Kimchi is a Korean dish. Uh, according to the article, they say it's not only tasty, but it is also <laughs> a health superstar. So I guess, you know, tasty is relative. But yeah. kimchi is made by fermenting vegetables with probiotic lactic acid bacteria which gives it the same boost as uh, of healthy bacteria as other fermented probiotic foods like yogurt and the kefir that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's made from vegetables like bok choy and cabbage, along with healthy spices like garlic and peppers. And it provides a mega dose of vitamins, fiber, and antioxidants. And one study found that kimchi helps protect against cancer, against obesity and constipation, while also lowering cholesterol Boosting your brain and immune function, and even providing some anti-aging benefits. You know, I think that sounds that sounds too much like a, 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 a too good to be true. Too I think, good they, to be I think true. they're making some stuff up to get you to eat it. <laughs> could be, could be. I'm going to wrap it up here with one more uh, food that you're going to really like. Okay. Do, any guesses? Ice cream. It's not ice cream. That, that would be good, though, right? <laughs> yes, it would. If ice cream were good for your gut bacteria. Yeah. But you're going to like this one still. It's chocolate. Oh, yo, hey, yo, not, not dark chocolate, just regular chocolate. Well, now they didn't differentiate. Okay, then, then we're still good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess it's probably the dark chocolate, but they no, didn't don't, don't differentiate. No, don't guess. Don't guess. Just stick what's on so the paper. <laughs> I'm just going to go with chocolate, and then you works. can make your own distinction, okay. <laughs> however you want to make that. But. You can add chocolate to your grocery list of probiotic foods because it actually helps encourage the growth of the healthy gut bacteria, the good stuff that we need in there. Mm -hmm. A study published in the International Journal of Food Microbiology found that combining chocolate 
with probiotics magnified the benefits of both of those foods. Of course, who wouldn't like chocolate? I mean, the probiotics are going to like chocolate. Even every, the every, gut bacteria sure, likes chocolate, like chocolate, right? Everybody, everybody likes chocolate, sure. The chocolate protected the bacteria as it passed through the stomach, making sure yeah. that it was absorbed mm-hmm. in the small intestine, while the bacteria helped the body properly digest the chocolate, enabling it to extract all the micronutrients and the antioxidants. So that was definitely a win-win. Oh, yeah. Good stuff there. Now, Jeff, we're going to shift gears. Yes, we are. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the addition of trail running to the lineup of the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games sports Mm -hmm. list. Today, we're going to talk about the second new sport that we're adding, and that sport is shooting handgun. And here to talk with us today are three of our sports committee in the uh, shooting handgun area. We've got Greg McCallan. Uh, Jim Jensen and Bruce Fur that are going to educate us all entirely, not only on the sport of shooting handgun, but also uh, on the addition of the sport within the games and how that's going to work. So welcome, you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. Glad, uh, glad that you could take some time out of your schedule. So let's just really quickly get a quick, uh, very quick introduction on each of you. Greg, tell us just a little bit about yourself, where you're, where you're from, and how you got into shooting. Oh, well, I started shooting when I was... Uh about five years old with a dart gun. So you've been doing it for a while. Quite a while, yeah. (laughs) I used to shoot the doorknob from about 20 feet away, and I got where I could hit it every time. All right. Then at uh, 12 years old, uh, they felt I was old enough to have a BB gun. Okay. And I got pretty good at that. You didn't shoot your eye out? No, didn't do that. So you're good there? No. And uh, 14, I got my first 22, a single shot 22. Nice. And I proved that I could handle that, and then from there, just... Just Went kept on. on going. Just kept going. Well, I know that you have a, a great love for the the sport of shooting and uh, a real proficiency at it, and, and we're super excited to be working with you and glad that you could join us today. Greg, thanks so much. Jim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been around firearms my entire life. Uh, I'd always been uh, interested in target shooting. I, I never was much of a hunter. I, I'd rather uh, kill paper. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I didn't get into competition shooting until the uh, early 80s. I uh, started shooting on the national level. Okay. And uh, in 84, I qualified for the Olympic tryouts. Didn't make wow. the team, well, but, but still, uh, even to, I got to try it. Even to be considered in that group is fantastic. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, I continued uh, national level for a while, and I did quite well at that. And, uh, oh, I kind of got away from it for a few years, and I got back into it when I got down here to St. George, yeah, and now I'm involved with these fellas uh, setting up the Huntsman Games pistol shoot. Well, again, we're excited to have your expertise and the experience that you bring. We're looking forward to working with you. Bruce, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a native Utah, born in Provo, Utah. My brothers took me out shooting when I was just a little kid, hunting rabbits and so on. Uh, I've always liked firearms. I'm not much of a hunter like Jim. I do enjoy shooting competitions. I've been involved in bench rest, trap, pistol, rifle, pistol, and I've held a federal firearm license for 40 years, so I'm involved heavily in types of guns and shooting guns. I'm also an NRA instructor in several disciplines. I teach competition pistol shooting out at the gun club, and I've been an amateur pistol competitor for most of my life. And I just enjoy the shooting sports and look forward to being part of this program. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned uh, your instructor uh, credentials. Our staff actually had an opportunity, Jeff, uh, a while ago, it's been months ago, to go out and um, 
Bruce was there and kind of walked us through the safety. And, you know, of course, safety is a big factor when you're oh, talking huge, about huge. firearms. You want to make sure that uh, everything is set and ready to go. And, and uh, it's also worth noting that handgun shooting is not the only shooting sport that we offer no, at not. the Huntsman World Senior Games. Um, but we're excited to be adding this to our lineup and uh, looking forward to, uh, to having a great year. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Jim Jensen, Greg McCallan, and Bruce Fur. a little bit about a new sport that we're adding to the Huntsman World Senior Games, and that will be handgun shooting. Um, tell us just a little bit about competition shooting uh, from a handgun standpoint. What, what does that look like? If somebody had never been introduced to it before, what would they see when they went out to a competition? Well, it's uh, the... Competitors are uh, shooting handguns, obviously, and uh, they will be uh, shooting at targets, in our case, at 50 feet. Okay. And uh, we'll be shooting uh, 22 caliber rimfire pistols and centerfire pistols uh, in different different competition. Uh, So before you move past that, um, let's talk just a little bit about the difference between rimfire and centerfire. How How would you describe that? Well, uh, the twenty two rimfire is a, uh, a smaller cartridge. The bullet diameter is 0.22 inches. Okay. And instead of the case having a primer in the base of it, the, uh, the primer residue or the primer material is actually on the inside of the case. And when you fire the gun, the firing pin hits the rim of the case, and that compresses the material inside that sets it off. Okay. And that's that's how it works. On a center fire, there's actually a primer in the center of the base of the case, and the firing pin hits that, and that's okay. what sets it off. And so, when we're talking about the difference between center fire and rim fire, is there a difference in power, or does one bullet move faster than another? What is that? Well, look generally, like? there's more power in a center fire cartridge because of its size. It's it's uh, a bigger uh, diameter, okay. uh, a heavier bullet takes more powder to get it going downrange. Uh, the 22 rimfire is uh, probably one of the smaller rounds. They do make smaller ones, but this has uh, probably been a, a standard for centuries. And uh, the velocity on a 22 probably around 1,000 to 1,200 feet per second. Per second. And you're shooting a 40-grain bullet, whereas you move up to, say, a 45 caliber gun, and you're shooting, a, well, in my case, a 200-grain bullet, which is five times heavier but then it's only going about 800 feet per second. So you do the math and the physics, and it's got a lot more what you would call knockdown power. Yeah. But uh, it does have, uh, as a result, more recoil. Okay. And uh, so it's a little bit harder to be accurate with it. It takes a little more practice. Uh, the 22, uh, just about anybody uh, with practice can be good with a 22 because you don't have to fight the recoil. Yeah. And uh, uh, plus is the ammunition's a lot cheaper. Well, there you go. That, that's important, too. So in a competition, um, you would have a group of people who are shooting center fire and a different uh, competition for the rim fire. Well, what we're planning is you can shoot both if you want. You can shoot the center fire portion and the 22 rim fire portion or just one of the one of the two. So an individual could shoot both, but that's you're not right. competing against. Uh, it's like all the center fires are competing against other people shooting center fire. That's right. And then all the rim fires are competing against other people shooting rim right. fires. They're not competing against one no, another. There, w- okay. there won't be a combined score. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what the target looks like. And, you know, we know that it's 50 feet, but is it, is it circles? Is it animals? What are we, what are we shooting? 
Uh, it's what we call bullseye target. Okay. It would be uh, at 50 feet, the rim fire target is uh, on the slow fire. Uh, it's a black target in the middle of a white background. Okay. And it has a center ring, which is the X ring, and then it goes to a 10 outside of that, and a 9, 8, 7, and so on. And, of course, the idea is to try and get in the X ring in the center. Yeah, that that makes sense, right? You want to hit the center of the bullseye. Mm -hmm. And those are called X shots. Okay. And if the tie is score, or the score is tied, then we count the X's to break the tie. The number number of of X's. X's. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And the center fire will be the same thing. Uh, It'll be a little bit bigger target than the twenty two. Okay. Because uh, the bullets are bigger, so the holes yeah. will be bigger. And it's scored the same way. Both from 50 feet? Yes. So I don't really have a, a great point of reference, but if you're standing 50 feet away from a target, um, obviously practice is going to have a you know a, a big impact on how well you do. But do do most shooters hit that X spot all the time, or is that pretty rare? Or uh, it, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm present company excluded. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe included you guys. I don't know. Uh, but is that common? It, that you d- it depends it on the skill of the shooter. It yeah. really does. Um, I was out shooting yesterday, and I hit the X a couple of times. Okay, most of my shots were outside, but still within the range of circles there. So you're getting points. Right. I was getting them in the black area. But, yeah. Um, uh, expert shooter who competes all the time could probably do pretty good. Yeah, get a lot of X's. Uh, we're setting this competition up with, in mind, the average shooter. Okay. I know we're going to get some good shooters out there. We're going to get some beginning shooters out there. And unfortunately, we don't know who's who, so they'll be competing <laughs> against each other. But it yeah. is broke down by age groups, which helps. Right. And I think that's one of the great things about the Huntsman World Senior Games in general is whenever it's possible, we try to break things up by skill level. And, and sometimes that is tough to do. Uh, especially with a brand new sport where we just don't have a, a basis or a point of reference, but we're always breaking those up by age groups, and that allows people to kind of get into a category where maybe the competition can be uh, as fair as fair as possible, as fair as it can be, and give you yeah. a legitimate shot at a medal. There's no guarantee that you're going to walk home with an award, but uh, we want to give you a legitimate chance to try to to um, you know succeed. And again, that, that is across the board with any sport at the games, and shooting will be no exception to that. So ex- exciting things to, to think about. So what else do we need to know about the sport if someone's unfamiliar with it? The equipment we're going to be using is revolvers or pistols, and either twenty two caliber long rifle, magnum, and plus P-type cartridges won't be permitted because of the target and safety issues. Um, so what's any, the difference between a revolver and a pistol for those of well, us who aren't familiar? A revolver has a cylinder that holds the cartridges and charging holes, and as a pistol is fired, the revolver changes and puts a new cartridge in line with the barrel, whereas a semi-automatic is fed from a magazine, and as, a, at, as the firearm is fired, a slide cycles, it kicks off the fired cartridge and loads a new cartridge into the chamber. We'll be shooting five-shot strings, so revolvers and any kind of a semi-automatic pistol will meet that criteria. We're trying to keep the firearms into a, a non-highly specified or specialized type firearm. They'd be production type firearms, guns you normally go into gun store and buy. Optics can be either reflex sights, which is a projected dot on a screen, telescopic sights if you wish to use them, 
We will not be using anything that projects a laser onto the target. Okay. It must be a reflex or open sights, no, no optics at all. The other criteria is going to be the, the trigger pull weights we'll have on the guns. Uh, we'll measure the trigger pull before the guns are fired. We have a safety consideration on making sure the trigger pulls aren't too light. So a twenty-two type firearm will have a two-pound trigger pull. The thirty-two to forty caliber guns will be uh, two and a half pounds, and the forty-five caliber guns will be at least three-pound trigger pulls. So that just to clarify, that's how much weight it takes to get the trigger. You have to push back on the trigger before it'll actually fire. So if you're just barely touching it with the your finger, it's not going to do it. You have to actually put some weight behind it to get it, it, it fire. It takes at least a two to three pound trigger pull to fire the firearm. We'll have weights there to de- determine that trigger pull. The guns themselves will be no compensators, no muzzle brakes, and highly customized, stylized guns will probably be disqualified. So what are some customizations that that someone might have on a gun that would not be allowed in this particular competition? The most common changes on a gun for target work is a, a better trigger, a good clean trigger, and you would want a fairly decent gun that's accurate. Uh, some, some people put better barrels on their guns. Uh, some people like a different size grip that fits their hand better, and that's about the extent of it. Okay. Uh, sights would be an option. Most people use adjustable sights or a target dot type sight, reflex sights, or an optic. And so we're looking at, as you said earlier, um, Greg, we're looking at kind of a, a general user. And then as we go along and we find out what the market really looks like and who's interested and who's competing, uh, we may do some adjustments down the line and, and maybe you know cut out some divisions or maybe add some other divisions. Tell us maybe just a little bit about the venue itself. What, is, what do people need to know about the shooting sports park? Oh boy, the shooting sports park is probably it's it's the greatest location I've seen in the state of Utah. You, and, your eyes just lit up. It was like I told a little kid they got to go to Disneyland, and you're like, "Oh, let me let me yeah. tell you about the shooting sports park." Well, I came park. from That's California, awesome. and we had ranges there, but nothing compared to the uh, St. George Shooting Sports Park out there. We have uh, the Cowboy Range, and they have different. Buildings set up, you know, they'll have a saloon, a sheriff station, a general store, and they have targets back behind them. Right. Uh, we have a shotgun range out there that's unbelievable. We have sporting clays. Um, they have all kinds see. of options out there. There's archery oh, ranges out oh, there. Oh, we have an archery range. Um, there's there's uh, yeah. the, the pistol bays. So so mm-hmm. how many shooters are we going to be able to accommodate in the in our competition okay, at the games? In our competition right now, we're looking at 48 center fire and 4822 we hope to expand that next year but if anybody's interested they really when the sign up comes out they need to get on it right away yeah for sure because i mean we're getting a lot of interest and it's going to fill up quick good well that's what we like to hear and the way that they can find information on that is to go right to our website yes. uh, seniorgames.net i know that the shooting sports park has a website as well what is that website do you know Range dot com. That's going to give you information on all the various styles of sports shooting that's available out at the range. Well, you guys, that's about all the time that we've got to visit with you. But thanks so much to each of you for joining us and uh, sharing some of your, again, some of your, your expertise and your experience. And we're, as, a, as an event, we're really excited to be adding the sport and looking forward to having a great time yeah, with it. Thank you for having us. It's it's redcliffsportsrange.com. Redcliffsrange.com. Right. Red so say that one more time, really clear. 
redcliffsrange.com. That's where you can get information on the shooting sports park. Right. Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys so much for joining us. So, Jeff, today is the last day of January. Yes, it is. And while almost everyone, except for you, who has <laughs> resolved not to ever resolve, right? Uh, most of us have probably slipped a little bit on our New Year's resolutions. Uh, but that's okay. Goals are a journey. They're not necessarily the destination. So if you stumble, just pick yourself back up and get back to work. That's right. We hope that those of you who are 50 years old and better will consider making participation in the Huntsman World Senior Games one of your resolutions for this year. With that in mind, there's a couple of things you ought to uh, keep in mind from a date standpoint. January 1st is the day that we open team registration. So that's been going really well. We've actually already registered over 500 total teams so if you are a team manager, don't delay. Hit that SeniorGames.net website and get your spot reserved for your team in the games. March 1st is when athlete registration opens. And if you're mm-hmm. interested in participating in shooting, uh, as Greg said, you need to get right on online on March 1st and get that taken care of so you can reserve your spot at the games. The dates of the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games are October 7th through the 19th. I know that seems like it's a little ways off, but it is not. It comes so fast. It'll be here before you know it. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere the podcasts are found. Our inspirational quote for the day is from American politician David Bly. He says, striving for success without hard work. It's like trying to harvest where you haven't planted. That's true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.